Big Tex has more to say on Jake Lever trade period heats up and market movement in the NRL as well. It's Tuesday the 10th of October and this is The Splash. Yeah, AFL and NRL on The Splash today. My name is Phil Pryor. Welcome in and NRL a little bit later. We will be joined by uh, Nathan Ryan. Fox Sports Rugby League writer to talk all things uh, recruitment, retention, retirement, uh, which is his big three R's. But first up on the splash, I thought it might be uh, interesting uh, to find out more details about how the actual um, trade period begins down in Melbourne. Um, So joining me to do that uh, is Riley Beveridge, who, for Fox Footy, who was, in fact, at Trade HQ yesterday uh, at Etihad Stadium. Uh, Riles, thanks for, for joining the splash after a big day yesterday. G'day, Phil. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so tell us about um, ab- about it. So you're at Etihad Stadium, uh, mm-hmm. and all 18 clubs have representation there. They're all assigned a private um, corporate box, if you will, um, at mm-hmm. the ground itself. Uh, and what happens from there? Um, and and uh, we want to hear your, um, you know, part of the process as well, your side of the story. But um, but a bit more generally first, how does it all work at the actual Trade HQ on the opening day of trade period? Yeah, so basically all 18 clubs are only really... Uh, designated to go to Trade HQ on the first and last day of trade period. So yesterday, each club met at about 9am. They filtered through at Etihad Stadium. They're all given their designated uh, sort of corporate suite that they go into, and they're just free to chat with as many or as few clubs as they'd like. Uh, There was a time when all 18 clubs were forced to meet with each other, so it was mandatory that each 18 clubs, each club would meet the other club and speak about stuff. But I think they found that pretty redundant. I mean, there's clubs that are obviously going to have no interaction throughout trade period. So I think they've, they've scaled down on that a bit. But, but mm. yesterday, what you would have found is um, all 18 clubs go in there. Uh, for example, I think Port Adelaide and Hawthorne are probably the most productive yesterday in terms of a deal for Jarman Impey, which looks like it'll be the first trade to go through this trade period. So mm. uh, they what they would have done is uh, their list managers and their CEOs and their heads of footy would have met. They would have had preliminary discussions, uh, seen what else was on the table, had a starting point and gone from there. So... Uh, in terms of what the media actually does in covering it, we're just designated a little uh, media area. So it was yourself and Jake uh, Nile representing Fox Footy down it there? Was, it was, and uh, Julian DeStoop as well for Fox Sports News. But yep. uh, So they're just uh, in, a little, in a little area. We uh, get access to all the club list managers or coaches. There are a couple of coaches that went there yesterday, some footy bosses, and uh, just get a quote as they come in and out. But look, everyone yesterday was pretty tight-lipped. Uh, there's obviously a lot of... A lot of stuff to go on to uh, to happen over the next fortnight. So mm. I don't think people wanted to to to, uh, to they want to keep their cards close to their chest at this stage in the trade period. Yeah, uh, as you say, this trade period. I mean, it's fascinating from the spectator perspective, but you know, us as fans um, and as consumers of the sport, um, the speculation is part of it. Like it, it just kind of. Um, that's where a lot of the interest is, and even though there might not be, you know, a lot of legs to to every trade that's put out there, it just makes this whole period um, a bigger event, I suppose. How much, how much of what you think is reported during this next fortnight um, is just, in fact, 
kind of uh, a bit of a, a reach in terms of speculation compared to um, the stuff with real substance. Well, there's a lot of a lot of the reporting. There's a lot of hard work that gets put into it. I know Jake Noel for Fox Footy does a lot of hard work, and he's always on the buzzer. So a lot of it is speculation from supporters and who, who want to know where things are. But when it's reported, it's generally reported as fact. But the problem is, it's so fluid now in terms of how a trade gets done that anything could happen at any given moment. So mm. we can come here today and say that someone like a, a Tom Rockcliffe is on the verge of going to Port Adelaide, and then all of a sudden a, a, a pin can get pulled somewhere, and, he, and he's mm. back at Brisbane. So. Uh, things happen so quickly now, it's hard to say. And I think with the way the media covers it now, because it's so in-depth, I think I think clubs are generally keeping their cards closer to their chest than ever before. I know last year, Adelaide's list boss, Justin Reid, came out the first day of the trade period and, and announced that Bryce Gibbs had requested a move back to Adelaide. And, mm. and it really shocked everyone because no one expected it to happen. And I think Carlton got their tails up a bit about that and uh, yeah. were pretty disappointed that it got made public and uh, and really sort of, said, well, now you're going to have to offer us a lot because you've come out and made it public. So yeah, yesterday yeah. when Justin Reid was asked again if Gibbs would be on their agenda, he sort of said, no, we've moved on from that and <laughs> we're not going to talk about that and we're going to keep uh, keep that pretty disclosed. So Hence I why. think clubs are, clubs are becoming more and more uh, private than ever before and it's hard to get exactly. that information, but uh, we're going to try and, try and get it to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hence why clubs are staying tight-lipped. Understandable, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, and, you know, full... Uh, dis- disclosure for the Splash listeners. We're recording this Tuesday lunchtime, so apologies if anything b- does become outdated, you know, if there is any, is any breaking news uh, later mm-hmm. on this afternoon. You mentioned um, Jarman Impey as, as, a, as a possible um, first trade off the rank, uh, yeah, a first cab off the rank trade candidate. Um, yep. Yeah. Is, is there anything else that potentially might happen today or in the next couple hours even? Well, look, we're expecting the paperwork uh, from Port Adelaide to be lodged for Tom Rockliffe, the former Brisbane captain. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, he's told the club that he'd like to explore his options. I don't think the Lions uh, really mind, uh, really, really... Well, I, I suppose they would have cared about it, but I don't think they were too concerned about losing him. So we're expecting him to go to Port Adelaide. There are a couple of clubs interested, but he nominated the power of his club of choice. So I think he'll go there very shortly. Uh, Essendon, sort of the big talking point about the trade period. They've had three players request trades, the trades for the Bombers, most notably Jake Stringer, but also uh, Adam Saad from mm. from Gold Coast and Devin Smith from GWS. So how they get that done, uh, those deals done, is going to be very hard to see. I think they're going to have mm. to trade pick 11 somewhere down the line. Yeah. But who they give that pick 11 to is another story. I mean, there's talks they could give it uh, to Gold Coast for Saad and then possibly get a first-rounder back as well. But, but Gold Coast next pick is pick 19 so whether or not pick 19 does it for the dogs in terms of getting stringer across it it's complicated and it's complex and, and it's going to be really hard for the bombers and they're going to have to get really creative yeah um, i mean it's such an Coast, it's an interesting sorry, one I, i'm, I'm going to cut in it you know because uh nothing's really come out in terms of any trade currency in terms of players that Essendon are willing to give up and, and they've come out and said they're confident they can get everyone there so uh well, are, the are interesting they get- one is um so the interesting one to cut in is, is Aaron Francis because he's a, a former who was taken a pick six a couple of years ago. He's probably mm-hmm. their most high-profile player that has requested a trade. You'd think you'd get a first-round pick back for him, but he's requested a trade to to South Australia, where he's from. He is a South Australian boy, and and neither of the Adelaide clubs have really registered too much interest in him. Adelaide have said that he's yeah. not on their agenda. Port Adelaide have got their um, their focus firmly on the draft. So. 
I'm not sure that any clubs will get him. So I think I think Francis probably won't leave Essendon. He's contracted until 2019. So Essendon mm-hmm. won't be able to get some back for him, which which further complicates the the trades for the three other players that we mentioned before. Okay, so Adelaide wouldn't be interested in trying to replace Jake Lever with an Aaron Francis. I don't think so. I think they're sort of more keen on, as they showed last year when they wouldn't give up too much for Bryce Gibbs, they refused to give up two first-round draft picks. I think their focus is firmly on getting a few younger players in through the draft. They'll have pick 16, I think, this year, so I think they'll take that to the draft and try and get another midfielder and build their midfield stocks through the draft. I think what you'll see in terms of replacement for Jake Lever is I think you might see someone like a Mitch McGovern go back. They're well-stocked for key forwards. Yeah. Of course, they've got Taylor Walker, um, Josh Jenkins. Uh, they got Josh Jenkins is another one down there. So they've got Lynch. a couple of them. Yeah, Tom Lynch. So they've got a couple of big ones. So I think what they'll do is they might throw Mitch McGovern back and, okay. and try and see if that works. Interesting. Um, and on the Jake Lever uh, yarn as well, Riley, you have a, a, a story up on, on the Fox Sports website at the moment. Uh, Tex has come out with some strong words yet again on this one. The headline for this story being success, uh, money over success, I should say, and my initial reaction to reading this straight away was that every time Melbourne Demons in the future beat Adelaide uh, in, in a game of footy, uh, that Jake Lever, whether or, it, whether or not he's even a part of it, Tex is going to be reminded of these comments. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It hasn't been a great couple of weeks for Texas starting with the grand final. And, yeah. And the sort of frosty relationship that's, that's come to light with, with Jake Lever that he's had. So, look, he, he said that he... What I want to know is where he thinks this success is coming from because, in mm. my opinion, they didn't win the flag. They haven't won one for 21 years now. So, And Melbourne are an up-and-coming team. So I think I don't think money was the only thing that played into his decision-making yeah, process. Yeah. Um, if you're the AFL at the moment, the smartest thing to do is schedule uh, Melbourne to play Adelaide at oh, the Adelaide yeah. Oval in round one on a Saturday night, get the fans baying for blood. That will be such <laughs> an amazing atmosphere if that happens. <laughs> Um, and I hope it does happen because it'd be great to watch. It'd be fascinating to see Jake Lever go back there. And, but when he does, be I mean, it's going to be the relationship's going to be frosty. We might even see Lever play on Texas at some stage. Yeah, finally, uh, that, that was that's my next question. Staying with this situation, uh, Adelaide they haven't really done themselves any favours since uh, since Grand Final Day, have they? And um, no. you know, yeah. It, I mean, from my my personal opinion is that. Uh, what they've what what's been sort of what's come out of the club even in in the public light can't have a, a good impact on the place internally. Do you agree? Yeah, to a certain extent. I think the way they approach Grand Final Week, there are a lot of people, particularly in Victoria, who thought they might have been getting a bit ahead of themselves. Um, mm. I'm not sure if that's true. You can't really say that unless you you know what what yeah. what it was like internally and what the mood and the atmosphere was like. But but certainly the way they've handled themselves since in particular with this Jake Lever situation, um, look, it hasn't been great. He's a young player who wants to return home. He's just proposed to his now fiancée in the past couple of days. She's Victorian as well. They want to move home. He's, they're both, both of their families are here. He's out of contract. He's getting more money. He's got the chance to join a pretty good club. I can't begrudge him that, yeah. especially when the Crows were, were attempting to, to lure Bryce Gibbs home, a contracted player, last year for the same reason, saying that he and saying that they were disappointed they couldn't bring him home to South Australia where he's from. So <laughs> if anyone should be sympathetic sympathetic to Lever's cause, it should be the Crows. Uh, Unviting him to their best and fairest seems pretty immature. Uh, the comments now from Tex Walker seems pretty immature, and they seem pretty unnecessary. I mean, both Melbourne and Adelaide came out publicly yesterday and said that the conversations 
uh, in terms of a trade were progressing pretty amicably and that there was no real bad blood between the two clubs. So mm. it seems unnecessary now for, for Taylor Walker, the captain of the football club, to come out and say something like this. For sure. And if I'm one of those you know, Crows players that, that's also missing home, then uh, I'm a little bit worried how, how I approach this <laughs> moving yeah, forward. Yeah, Charlie Cameron's, Charlie Cameron's one. Who, his manager, he yeah. wants to go back to Brisbane. He's contracted for another year. Adelaide have told him they're going to keep him to his contract, which is fair enough because it's a contract he signed. Mm. But I think the way that they've really treated Lever and probably Cameron himself in the last couple of days by staying steadfast and saying they, they won't listen to his request, there's probably, I think his manager came out last night on radio and said uh, and said that he probably, he probably definitely wouldn't sign a new contract with Adelaide now and he'd, and he'd exercise mm. his right to leave at the end of his contract next year. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, fascinating stuff, Riley. Um, uh, good luck with your coverage of the trade period. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be checking in with you again down in Melbourne before uh, before its conclusion. Um, but, yeah, thanks for your help on the splash today, mate. Cheers, Phil. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's a very interesting time of year in the AFL trade period, uh, but a completely different kettle of fish in terms of the NRL. Uh, Nath, uh, Nath Ryan joins me. He's our, um, I suppose, our, our recruitment, retention, retirement expert, expert here at, uh, at Fox Sports, of course, host of the Market Watch podcast. Um, he's the, the king of the Market Watch column. I don't know if he's the every he's the Wednesday. King. He's a pauper these days. The, the columns finished for the year. It's, it's been a long season, Phil. It has it's been a long been season. A long year. You you also introduced in the second half of the year a uh, a Friday blog where you would talk about yeah. all the market movements. Uh, is that still a thing, or is that done? Uh, also done and dusted for the year? But yeah, we'll we'll bring it back next year. We'll yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite daunting uh, thinking about next season already, but mm. I, I guess planning preparation all that stuff yeah well i mean in as far as the nrl is concerned it's uh it's just constant uh, mm. the ma- the market and the movements involved uh you know not not similar to the afl in that respect to, uh, off topic or sort of off topic would you prefer the nrl to do something similar to the afl and have a sort of a trade period look i, I like it how it is uh you obviously just finished discussing the the trade period and while it is um you know, fascinating couple of weeks. I think it leaves itself open to a lot of speculation with little accountability. <laughs> we spoke about exactly that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's that's my biggest problem with it. I, I, I like the way that it is now because we can literally have league in the news cycle um, all year round. Mm. Um, and there there is, you know, a, accountability. I can write something on a, on a Wednesday morning in that afternoon um, – or, you know, in a matter of hours, have it confirmed by the club. Whereas in a trade period, you, you'll be able to throw some, some pretty crazy ideas out there and um, there's just no way of mm. uh, of, of going mm. on the record and, and discrediting <laughs> that information. So for for certain journos that aren't as, as well-connected as others... Um, yeah, it sets it sets a dangerous precedent. So I'm quite happy with the way that it is, and I know that depending on um, you know what sports you're into, you can mm. make a an argument um, for and against each model. But I I'm pretty happy with with, yeah. with what we've got, and I think the fans that complain about it, and there are always going to be that pocket of fans that will say, oh, not another recruitment story, not another <laughs> another signing speculation story. They love it. 
<laughs> the, the numbers, you know, we, we see the numbers here at Fox and, and if if they didn't like it, we wouldn't be doing it. I, I wouldn't have a podcast dedicated to it. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way that it that it is. But the AFL stuff certainly intrigues me. I think the trade trade period is very cool. There you go, NRL fans. You are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no. Stop complaining. Just enjoy it. <laughs> no, well, there's never a dull moment um, in rugby league. The AFL certainly has it uh, down to a fine art, making sure there's never a dull moment there either, um, particularly over the summer with the um, the growth of the, the women's competition as well. But um, NRL-related, uh, as we sort of spoke about all last week, you know, the, the season finishes and uh, we're ready for a lull, but nah uh Yeah, <laughs> um, it's the game that keeps on giving, isn't it's, it? It certainly is. Um, and uh, And we have been talking about the World Cup, but... Swinging back to NRL, swinging back to market movement and stuff like that. First things first, up on the Fox Sports website right now, um, you've got a story up on site uh, which is looking at 50 NRL experienced players uh, that are still yet to find a contract for next year. Yeah, so uh, wow. I, I, I guess the that's the other side of not having a, a trade period is that this, this movement goes on all season and, and we get to this point of the year where clubs are just, in theory, a couple of weeks away from returning to pre-season training and, and there's plenty of guys that are out of work. Mm. And the sad reality is that um, I, I'd say half of those are, are probably going to have to retire or um, you know end up back playing park footy because there's yep. just not enough NRL contracts to go around. Mm. Um, mm. I think we just saw Josh Starling last week. Shout out to the Oberon Yeah, uh, community. signing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Josh Starling, he's, he's one of those players that you you put in that boat. You know, he's, he's off contract, hasn't been offered a, an NRL deal, and uh, he's going to go and play park footy for Oberon, which mm. is great for country rugby league. But, you know, there's a, there's a number of players that are in that that same boat. Um, Travis Waddell at the Broncos played yep. a handful of games uh, for them this season. He hasn't been re-signed by the Broncos. Yep. hasn't received any interest from any other clubs. So he'll play Q Cup uh, next year. Mm. I think the South Logan are pretty keen to, to keep him on up there. But uh, there's going to be a lot of players in that boat, especially, and I, I won't bore you, so I'll, I'll run through it quickly, the top 30 instead of the top 25. This is what the NRL are doing next yeah, year. Yeah. Um, basically, it means if you're outside of that top 30, you can't play first grade. So the mm, second tier as we know it yeah. is, is, is non-existent. So that shake-up has been detrimental to a, a number of players. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of guys that if they can't pick up a gig here, will have to look to Super League or, yeah, go, go back to... I mean, footy. In the N- in the NFL, if a player is done for the year, placed on IR, then you can bring in a, a new person yep. into the active roster. Is that going to be something in the in NRL yeah, situations? It's, it's it's something. It's a good point. Um, it's something that they're looking at at the moment. Okay. So the, the RLPA is, that is would now make a lot involved. Of sense. Oh, of course it would. Yeah. yeah. So um, in injuries are a one thing. Um, form is is another. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you if you've got somebody. Uh, you look at the the Jamie Soward, Nathan Cleary situation. Nathan Cleary was outside of their top twenty five Penrith when, yeah. when he made his yeah. debut last um, year. Last year, yeah. Jamie Soward was was playing in the halves. Um, Peter Wallace had been uh, moved to to hooker. 
Um, Jamie's form was, was... Jamie still playing NRL last year? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time flies. And then that back injury, of course. Yeah, yeah but, you know, ja- Jamie, um, in, in theory, still has every right to, to be there, but he fell on his sword and didn't want to block the pathway and, mm. and um, you know, did, yeah. did the right thing by the, by the club, so that's a credit to him. But under the new system, Nathan Cleary never debuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, ba- yeah. Based on form, they, they wanted to, to play this kid. They can't. Yeah, it's it's only injury, and then you've got to justify to the NRL that there's no multi-skilled player in your roster uh, that could fill that role. So, um, if you look at the Dragons, Kurt Mann can play almost any position. So you mm. may have uh, your backup half in the New South Wales Cup absolutely running right, deserves an opportunity, but because Kurt Mann's in your roster and he's so versatile, the NRL is going to say, no, you have to play Kurt Mann. So the RLPA is now involved in, in trying yeah. to get some, some rules, eliminate um, some of this murky water, uh, introduce a little bit of grey area so mm. we can we can play around and, um, yeah, beyond that injured reserves as the NFL. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're trying to trying to work it out so that that pathway isn't blocked because the idea of the top 30 and six, de- six development deals for these rookies is to promote pathways, but yeah. it's done the opposite. And going back to the, your story, which is currently live on the website, the NRL is involved in Cooper Cronk now because came out uh, last night... Um, NRL 360. On NRL 360 via Paul Kent that the Roosters have inquired uh, at NRL HQ to work out if there's a possibility of of, uh, of getting Cooper Cronk on their books. Uh, it's, you know, it seems impossible how they could fit Cooper Cronk under their cap. Um, well, to the, to the, the average Joe that's... On the outside looking in, mm. they'd say, you know, how, how can they possibly, you know, fit somebody of, of Cooper Cronk's salary um, on, on their cap? But the thing that, that fans have to understand, and um, I'm going to be seen as if I'm, I'm defending the Roosters a, a little bit here, but uh, players that, that go to clubs like the Roosters will go for less yeah, because they're, yeah. they're a club that's well-connected off the field. Uh, Brayton Astor had told me the the best thing that uh, happened to him in terms of going to the Roosters was the off-field connections, the yeah. amount of people that that he met, um, you know, financial advisors, property developers. Um, he has then been able to use those contacts to set himself up um, post football career. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- those opportunities, you know, through Nick Politis and and the Roosters being a powerhouse, they're always they're, in a premiership window as well. Exactly <laughs> right. So you, you talk about winning a winning a premiership. Yeah. If if players genuinely think that they're a chance of a title, and mm. um, you know they're they're going to sacrifice a little bit of bit of coin. The lifestyle's great. Um, mm. it, it you know is is a great facility that the the Roosters have. So, but when, the NRL can step in and and say, look. Cooper Cronk's market value is well beyond, you know, hypothetically five hundred thousand um, dollars. You know, which potentially he he could he could just do a deal for that because he's got ev- everything else in in order in his life and yeah and and take extreme unders uh, and and play out his career in a Roosters team that potentially wins the comp next year. But there's someone at the NRL that uh, can can step in and call 
BS yep. uh, and say, no, nah, you, you can't have Cooper Cronk for that amount of money. Yeah, so they, they, the conversations, without getting too deep, um, they, they'd be given a, a guideline of uh, what is a, an acceptable uh, figure to, to register Cooper Cronk at. Yep. And then it's, it's up to the Roosters to uh, strike that deal. I, I understand that um, a deal is in place if Cooper wants to, to play on. Well, all of all, all of those uh, nitty gritty parts of a contract have have been finalised. He he just needs to make the decision whether he wants to play on or not. So I think we'll find if if Cooper decides that he wants to play on in in 2018, it will be with the Roosters. Whether that means that they have to move a player out, I was going to say I, I what that means the for answer. Luke Keary. Yeah. Well, who knows? What I have heard about Luke Keary is that it it has been um, spoken about in house that. If Cooper was to join, Luke Keary would play that Connor Watson-style utility role off yeah, the bench yeah. um, with the, the pitch of you've got a year to learn from one of the greatest halfbacks <laughs> in in the game. And It'd have to be one hell of a pitch because yeah. well, he, you, you know, he's, he's, he deserves to be playing in he, the halves in the NRL he's, he's playing well, but he's also being paid and he's, yeah. he's being paid yeah. to, to do a job. And it's, it's no different to, to you or I. We may have come in as, as journalists and, and we end up in a different position, but at the end of the day, we're being paid. <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot of the times we, we overlook the, the fact that it is a job. Mm. And, of course. And, and it is. Um, and if, if there's an opportunity to win a premiership in a squad like that, yeah, I can't speak on behalf of Luke Keary, but I wouldn't be too quick to, to rush out. It's a yeah. long season. Anything can happen. Of course. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, we've, we've gone OT, uh, but yeah, a bit of a... Uh, so the, we had Media Watch. We've got a yarn up on site about that. Nathan Brown looks like he might be extended. Uh, it looks like Melbourne Storm are, are going to have one of their uh, favourite sons returning. Um and uh, the Warriors, it looks like they've signed uh, a, a player to give their outside backs a bit more depth. We'll leave that. We'll leave it at that. A bit of a so tease. So mysterious, Phil. I know. We'll, we'll bit of a tease to the Fox Sports website. Uh, all that. But uh, thank you very much for joining the Splash, Nath. Anytime, Phil. Uh, and that'll do us on the Splash uh, on this Tuesday. Uh, Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers out there. Until next time, that's a wrap.